The views and opinions expressed by any hosts or guests of WJMS Radio do not reflect the beliefs of its owners or associates. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to WJMS Radio or the show hosts whose words, advice, and or opinions appear from or on our website or on air. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. nine, nine. Are we on the air? You're listening to WJMSRadio.com. Jam. This chick is a sick individual. You're tuned in to Sound Off with your girl Jams right here on WJMSRadio.com. There is no competition. What's up, everybody? This is your girl, Jams, and welcome to WJMS Radio. This is Sound Off, of course. I'm so excited to be with you guys today. It's been a minute since I've had a live show. It's been about two weeks or so, um, and I'm really, really excited to be back on air, back at the microphone, back talking to you, and back bringing you some more interesting and amazing individuals in the community. Today, I'm super excited about this show because I got to give you the backstory of how I met this awesome person who's going to be joining me. Like, I'm really, really excited for this. So, just just wait. Before we get into the show, make sure you check out our social media. We are at WJMS Radio on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter. You can also check us out on YouTube. We have a little bit of video content there, which we'll be getting more very soon. Um, and I want to thank all the folks that take the time to tune in every single week and listen to our show faithfully. To all those folks that comment, leave us you know notes and love and all kinds of stuff. We appreciate you, uh, and it doesn't get taken for granted. So before we get into the show today, there is some some big stuff coming with WJMS Radio. So make sure you keep it locked on our social media because you're going to start seeing some changes in about a week and a half or so. So keep it locked and uh, be excited because there's some good things coming. We're about to turn six this year. December 12th is our sixth birthday. And on that day, I have some big announcements to make and stuff like that. So be very, very locked in to what WJMS is doing so that you can be in the know when the changes do come around. As for today, I am joined by Teresa Middleton, and she is on a mission to share her passion for play with the world. She earned a doctoral degree in educational psychology and enjoys researching cognition, motivation, and play. Her interest in play's impact on human development led her to create the Mommy Play Bow, which is an approach and online course that helps mothers in their motherhood journey carve out a space for their own individuality while enjoying motherhood. The end state is to create a balance for moms between their personal needs and the needs of their loved ones, which is something that is super duper necessary for all of my moms out there who are on that journey right now and who are making their way through their pregnancy and just navigating the new world of motherhood, it can be it can be hard. You lose yourself in the process sometimes. And so I'm really, really excited to welcome her to the show. Not only is she doing all this amazing stuff, her and I met in the F45 training class here in Savannah, Georgia. She is a beast, you guys. Like she's in there killing it. She's typically like number one, two or three in the class, you know, usually she's she's up there. And so I I admire you and I look up to you and I welcome you to the show, Teresa. So how you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you allowing me to be a part of your show. Absolutely. And and what you're doing is amazing. And so I'm more than happy to bring you on air to talk about it. So I gave the audience a little bit of a brief bio of, you know, what you're doing and, and what led you to what you're doing right now. But why don't you talk a little bit about who you are as a person? You know, like where did you grow up? You know, where are you living now and all that kind of stuff and give the audience a little bit more of a feel of who Teresa is as a person. Absolutely. Um, I grew up in Columbus, Georgia. I am a Georgia peach. 
Okay. <laughs> well, well, I've been around uh, Georgia forever. I went to school at uh, Georgia Southwestern University, which is in America, Georgia. That was a long time ago. <laughs> um, I live currently in Pooler. We have, uh, I've been married for, oh, it'll be 25 years in December. And we have a 16 year old daughter who we love dearly. And she is quite the teen, the normal teen. So <laughs> there you go. I don't know if you know what that means, but I uh, imagine. She is. <laughs> <laughs> so I love, um, I love this area. Actually, we are retired military as well. And we decided to settle down here because it's in between my family and his, fa his family. He's from uh, Gainesville, Florida. So, um, so it's a happy medium about three and a half hours, both ways, either way. Good stuff. Yeah. I, I'd like to say I've moved closer to my family, but I feel like I'm drifting further and further away from them. I'm from Boston. I went to school in Philadelphia and then I moved to New York and now I'm down in Savannah. So it's like, I just feel like I keep going further and further South as the years go on, but I'm really, really excited to talk about this today. So why don't we why don't we dive right in? Let's start talking about, you know, what you have going on and what's upcoming because it hasn't launched yet. It's still very much in process. But and I don't want to say this wrong, is it matrescence? Matrescence. Matrescence. All right, great. So let's talk about that. Can you talk a little bit about what made you want to start that and just explain what it is for the audience? Okay. Well, matrescence is a transition period from uh, adulthood, mothers, and adulthood over into motherhood. There is a whole lot of things that go on um, after you welcome a new child, whether it's by birth or by adoption. And a lot of times women just, you know, they are intended to just drift into the role of motherhood like it comes naturally. That's a myth, actually. Yeah, motherhood does not come naturally. And um, a lot of women either feel overwhelmed, they feel, you know, they feel like they've lost themselves. There's just a lot that goes on with motherhood. And so um, because I'm a mother and I went through some of that when our daughter was really young, I just wanted to, you know, get into that and help mothers create an outlet for you know, for the overwhelm and the challenges that they face on a daily basis, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I've, you know, a lot of my friends, I don't, I haven't actually had children myself. I plan to, um, but a lot of my friends, you know, and close loved ones around me have had children just in, within the last couple of years. And I've seen, you know, firsthand how, how it can take over. It really can take over just who you are as a person. It, you know, it's like once someone said to me once, like, once you become a mother, everything about your personal life, like everything about you just goes away and it just becomes immediately about the child. And for a lot of people, that's, that's kind of difficult, you know, because you don't know how to get yourself back, you know, after the child is here, like you should never lose yourself fully all the time forever. There should always, you know, you always have to have room for yourself. And so I remember hearing that and being like, oh, wow, like sounds a little intimidating. Um, so for me, I just, I always wanted to know, and, and question I have for you is just, you know, you said you went through some of this with your daughter when she was born. So what kind of stuff did you experience when she was born and going through this process that really made you solidify wanting to create this, this sort of organization? 
Yeah, um, let me just say too about matrescence. It's not something that I created. It's a it's a term that was created by Dana Raphael. She was a, a um, anthropologist and she went around the world and just talked to different women about becoming a mother. And she mm -hmm. noticed some things and it's kind of like um, the, the way she explained it is it's the extension or a parallel of adolescence, kind of like adolescence and matrescence. So it's kind of, that's how the word came about. Um, but basically, she identified this word that nobody, actually in 1972, that nobody else really paid attention to. Uh, mothers are just expected to be mothers. I mean, that's it. And it, it, there's, there's some real changes that go along with the body. So just I just wanted to clear that up. It's not me creating the matrescence, but just kind of jumping on the bandwagon and saying, yeah, that's right. I went through that too. But as far as our daughter, uh, when she was a baby, um, let me just say that um, my husband was in the military. And so he wasn't around when she was, you know, when she was uh, uh, just a little baby in my arms, you know, and so yeah. it was really just me and I wasn't around family, which made it even more difficult. Um, but I had some challenges in terms of, okay, I got to get the diaper bag ready. I got to get her dressed. I got to, you know, make sure I've got all the utensils in the diaper bag and all of that in terms of, you know, a bottle and feeding and and all of that. And it was just overwhelming. I mean, a lot of times I didn't even want to leave the house because by the time I got everything ready and her in the car, she pooped, you know, <laughs> so I got to take her out of the car, go change her, make sure she's ready and then get in the car and then go wherever we're going. So all of that for me was, um, it was different. I don't want to say that I would change anything in terms of being a mother. I love being a mother, but it's not like they explain it. It's not the expectations that, you know, I was listening to um, a radio show once and a lady had her father on mm -hmm. and he's a pediatrician of some sorts or he delivers babies or something like that. And he was just going on about, oh, motherhood is the pinnacle of life and you know your babies are the magic that makes your life shine and I'm thinking he's a guy <laughs> <laughs> such that a male answer <laughs> yeah that is true however it's not that way consistently it's not that way every day yes you get those moments where you're you you know your heart is just bursting with joy and you're overwhelmed by you know the the um the achievements that they've made and all of that but you know everyday life and routine there is this idea or this uh what's the word i'm looking for there is this sense that you still have to be you i mean you still have to get the dinner ready make sure clothes are washed make sure the bed is you know fixed and you know, all of these chores and stuff. So those are the challenges that I had. I just felt overwhelmed by being here alone and taking care of her.
but it was yeah. it was definitely something that I wanted to do. I wanted I've wanted children since we've been married. Um, and maybe I'll get into that story a little bit later. It just depends on how comfortable I feel with sharing that. But um, but anyway, that's kind of where we are. Yeah. And I mean, that makes sense. And you hear that a lot with military spouses that like, you know, you almost feel like a single mom, you know, because most of the time, if the husband is in the military and you're home with the kids, you just you really feel like you're a single mother because like they're it's not that they're deadbeats or anything like that, but their work just takes so much more precedence in their life. You know, like they just have so much less wiggle room and such less flexibility that you just feel like you're doing it on your own. Uh, and if they're deployed, you are, <laughs> you are doing it on your own. So I, I absolutely understand that, you know, having a, a military spouse myself, you know, we don't, we don't have children with us right now. Um, but I, I do know that there has been times where I'm just like, man, I am like second or third fiddle in this man's life right now. Like, it's just, it's just something that you deal with, you know, unfortunately, but so what does this look like for you? You know, like, where are you envisioning this going? What's your, what's your vision for, for the whole project? Like, what are you trying to do? Yeah. So I think that, yeah. So what I want to do is I want to help mothers feel less overwhelmed. I mean, in the military, they have, you know, a family support group and all of that. And you have other women, if you live on base that you can um, call on for support because you know, typically if you're in the military, you're far away from your family mm -hmm. and you just don't have the support that you need. But what I want to do, the reason I created the Mommy Play Bow is because it's something that gets us out of our routine. It's something that helps us bring ourselves back. It's, uh, it's like an internal smile. It's, it's about, I don't know if you, if you have any animals, do you have a dog or something like that? I have a dog yeah. and two cats. There you go. And so when you come home, you know, your dogs are, you know, wagging their tails and they're all happy to see you. And to me, that's an inner happiness that I think that we should create for ourselves. And that's where the mommy play bow comes from. And it's about feeling your true self and being happy and being upbeat and being ready to take on the world. You know, the happier you feel, the more you allow things into your lives, the more you um, can handle, you can be resilient, resilient, and you can handle things as they come. And so that's why the mommy play bow. So I don't know if you want me to go in any more detail, but that's basically, what it is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I want you to go into as much detail as you can share that you have already put together for it, you know, and I mean, I'm still going to continue to ask questions and, and pull, you know, key things out, but share what you feel, you know, you have ready to go, you know, like, because I know it's still, it's still, it's in its infancy and still being developed. So there's still a lot of changes that are probably making and there's still, still a lot of fluidity to it, you know, trying to figure out where you're going to go with things, but share what you, what you know is, is the essence of what you're trying to do, you know? Okay. Yeah. So um, you mentioned that I have a PhD in educational psychology and I do, and my focus in that degree or that project that dissertation and research was to kind of figure out how do children think about what they're thinking? How do they 
come into being who they are. And during that research, I found a lot of interesting information. Um, one being, I studied Piaget and Vygotsky. Yep. Both are psychologists. One is a child development uh, psychologist and the other one is a general psychologist. But what I want to hone in on is the cognitive stages that Piaget developed. There's four stages. I think the one, the first stage is sen uh, uh, sensory motor, uh, pre-operational, and then we have concrete operational, and then we have formal operation, operational. What I want to focus on is the pre-operational uh, stage of cognitive development. And this is, of course, for children, but one of the things that I think I do well is I take the properties from one object and I'm able to transfer it into another object. Now, people may say, well, there's no scientific research behind doing that, but I think there's a lot of common sense with doing it. So the reason I focus on pre-operational is because it's about symbolism and it's about intuitive thinking. And women are naturally intuitive thinkers. However, these two skills, I think, need to be further developed in us because we only go through these stages of pre-operational, the pre-operational stage between the ages of two and seven. So between two and four, you learn how to use symbolism, which allows you to pretend. So you're able to imagine things even though they're not present. So mm -hmm. that's how, that's why children can pretend to feed a doll with a bottle, um, like it's their baby. So that's the symbolism part of it, but we do not use a lot of that skill. That skill has not been fully developed in us. And so what I wanna do is fully develop that, uh, that particular skill because pretend play and imagination and imagery allows us to overcome problems, resolve problems, even that intuitive thinking part of it allows us to um, become better problem solvers. So this is the problem. We're overwhelmed by motherhood. It is what it is. You're going to be a mother, but how do I resolve some of that and get myself back and create a balance in my life? And that's how you do it. You do it with a mindset of a playful mindset. Really, that's what it is, a playful mindset, which I'm calling the mommy play bow. And then you use that to resolve the imbalance that you currently have in your life because you're putting all your attention towards your child or your husband or your, you know, your, your roles as a woman. And so where did the idea of the name Mommy Playbell come from? I'm struggling. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was thinking about this and I, you know, that matrescence piece of it, that's the mommy part. That's who we are. That's that's the role that is most dominant in our lives, especially when we have children that are dependent on us. So mm -hmm. that's the mommy part. And the play bow part comes from understanding 
how happy dogs are when they see you. So when they see you and they are just wagging their tails and they're so happy, that's an inner spirit. That's an inner thinking, uh, a mindset that they have. So I wanted to bring that mindset into mommies because of the imbalance and the overwhelm that they feel, okay. that we feel, I should say. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So I guess my question for you would be, is this a resource that you wish you had had, or are you creating a resource that you wish you had had when you were pregnant with your daughter? Yes, um, I am creating something. So I guess I should back up a little bit and just say that our daughter is adopted. And uh, we got married in 96. Uh, this is the part that I was saying that how it depends on how I feel if I share it, yeah. but <clears throat> it's okay. Um, in 96, we were married in 2000. Um, now we got married when we were a little bit older. So I was 33. He was 29. So I guess I robbed the cradle, right? No. But um, <laughs> so I was already established in my life. I had a career, um, dual citizen. Um, I was a reservist, uh, an officer in the reserves and just building that career captain in the army at that time. And then I also had a career in computer programming. And so I um, I was already kind of established, but I really felt like something was missing, which was I wanted a child to kind mm -hmm. of create our family. And um, got we um, were pregnant in 2000, and it didn't turn out the way we expected. We had an ectopic pregnancy, which meant that you know we were all happy, and ex I was, um, he was too, all happy and excited that we had you know, a young baby coming and um, and then we find out that it's an ectopic pregnancy, which means that. And so um, we had to we had to abort either my life or both of our lives, I guess, were at stake. Uh, both yeah. child and mother lives were at stake. And um, and so that really hurts me to this day. I mean, it's been, what, 21 years. but. Um, but anyway, so we had to abort and we aborted. And then um, in 2001, we went to Germany and we met a family over there, a young family. We were in the church, of course, a young family over there. You know, when you go overseas, uh, people of like mind tend to get together and they become your family because you're so far away from everybody else. Yep. And so we met a young family over there and the wife basically said, you know what, Teresa, because I gave my testimony at the church and she said, you know what, Teresa, I believe God wants me to um, uh, to be your surrogate, to, to have a child and give the, that child to you. And so that's exactly what happened about um, four years later in 2005, she had a she had her fourth child and she said, Teresa, this one is the one that God wants you to have. And so we, we uh, accepted her, her precious gift of a baby 
and we adopted her and she is ours 16 years later. And so um, what a wonderful story, right? So nice. But God is, you know, God is good. So, uh, so I forgot where I was going with this. Um, <laughs> it, it, what is, question it, it did you ask me? So it took us away. <laughs> Wow, I don't know. I got so caught up in the story. <laughs> I don't remember either. That's fine. Yeah, that's right. And so um, so I was already established. We um, were given the gift of adoption um, for our beautiful daughter, Jade. And, um, and so, yes, I wish I had something like this because my mom um, came and stayed with me. And this is typical, I think, for a couple of weeks, you know, sometimes a month, moms come and stay to kind of help you get acclimated with your, your new child. And then after she left, I was like, oh, okay, I got this by myself now. So, so that's where the resource, I think, could be helpful is to just know that, hey, I don't have to be First of all, alone, I think you should build community around you when you have a child. And then the other part is, yes, when they are not available or when I'm at home alone with this child for weeks and weeks at a time, how can I keep myself engaged in the things that I love to do? When Jade was born, I was not working. I was working on my PhD. And so she, she was my partner in crime, even though she didn't know it, uh, she was probably, I don't know, three or four years old. Um, and so just to be able to have a resource or some type of um, program that I could follow to keep me grounded and to keep me engaged in the things that I like to do, because, you know, you really forget yourself. You forget how to play. You forget, you know, what you like to do because you're all focused on that particular responsibility in that child. Yeah. And I think that it's the same thing for when people get into relationships, you know, like you get into relationships with people, whether it's a, a man, woman, whoever, and you kind of throw everything you are into that relationship and you kind of lose yourself a little bit. And, you know, I always always talk to my friends about that who have gone in these relationships and they're like, he's my everything or she's my everything. I love him so much. Da, da, da. And then they break up and they're like, I don't know who I am anymore without them. And I'm like, see, that's the problem. Like <laughs> you always have to keep a part of yourself to yourself, you know, like you have to keep yourself in, in some way, shape or form. You know, it's, it's very healthy to have hobbies and things that are separate from your spouse or your significant other, because it's how you preserve who you are. And it's how you get, if, if God forbid something happens in your relationship, it's what you go back to that helps you feel like yourself again. And people forget about that. And, you know, mothers forget about it because the responsibility immediately, like you said, becomes their children. And it's like, it doesn't matter what makes me happy. It's about what makes the kid happy. What makes this person like, you know what I mean? Like, and they lose focus of themselves. And then it's like, sometimes it goes for so long that they, you don't even remember how to get back to yourself. You know, like, you're just like, I don't even know where to, like, I don't know where to begin. Like, how do I, how do I do this? And so how, how are you? using this resource to help facilitate that. You know, you, you get a mother who comes in there who hasn't been, you know, taking care of herself in so long that she doesn't even know where to start to get back to her play mentality, if you will. How are yeah. you helping that kind of situation? Like, what are you envisioning, you know, for that resource? Yeah, I think one of the things that 
we as mothers get into is self-care. And self-care is wonderful. I, I love self-care. You know, you take a bubble bath, you know, meditate a little bit. You know, some of those things are absolutely wonderful. Mm-hmm. However, there's a part of that that doesn't allow you to connect with who you really are. It's just a, it's almost like a distractor from the responsibilities that you have, which is good. I'm, I'm not knocking that at all. We definitely need self-care to have a little bit of distraction from where we are. But with play, you know, play is totally different. I found this book called um, by Dr. Stuart Brown. I found this book <laughs> called um, Play, how it, um, how it shapes the brain, invigorates the soul and something i don't know it's uh (laughs) close enough oh here it is how it shapes the brain opens the imagination and invigorates the soul so this this is a wonderful little book and it got me thinking that okay if play is something that we do as humans lifelong why don't we play as much when we become older Well, it's because of all the responsibilities that we have. Um, We kind of play is the first thing to go. And so what I thought is, here's, here's what I know about play. Play allows you to connect with yourself. It allows you to figure out who you are, how you think, what you do. Not only that about yourselves, but about other people too, when you play with them. You know, uh, Plato said that you can learn more about a person in an hour of play than you can in a year of conversation. That's amazing. One hour of play. So how do I use this resource? I use it to help people connect with themselves. There's a play history that I can take that will help them remember um, who they are or who they were as children how they were as children, and then try to bring some of those activities back into their lives today, but in a way that is more mature, something that is um, appropriate for the age. You know, we used to jump and skip and play hopscotch and tag and dodgeball and all of that. Now, I may be a little bit too old for dodgeball. (laughs) You know, I can't get out of the way of the ball as quickly, but there might be some things that is involved in that that I can bring into my life now as an adult. And so those are the kind of things that I think um, will help us reconnect with who we were. Not that we're trying to uh, suppress or push back the our current identity as mothers, but just to have some relief to know who we are today and to bring some of that joy back into our lives based on who we were and who we are currently. And so, how do you how do you envision the the whole process working? Is this something where you're going to be sort of a one on one? counseling session with folks, maybe obviously via Zoom right now because of COVID and whatnot. Hopefully someday that goes away. Um, but do you envision like having a a center where people come and they and they actually play, if you will, like regularly? Or is this more of a, you know, uh, not it can't be a one time thing because you, you need to consistently play to continue to, to figure out and keep who you are. 
So I'm, I'm just interested how you're planning on structuring it and, and, you know, putting it all together. Yeah, I've um, had several ideas. And as you said, you know, I'm still kind of working on the framework and how it's all going to be put together. Um, but I think uh, what I've been thinking about is, yes, something like a studio where adults can come and figure out who they are and play um, themselves. But the, the challenge with that is mothers don't have a whole lot of time, especially when they have young kids. And so another part of that is to help them create a play environment in their own home, something that they can do on their own alone, or they can when they take a break from the baby or when they take a break from um, you know their toddlers or however old their kids are, um, they can just take five to 10 minutes to do some type of activity that will get them in a playfulness mood or playfulness um, mindset. And then that will help them create the rest of their day, um, you know, on a, on a better ground or better foundation. And it almost would be good to have like, it's crazy to say, but have them bring their child with them and have like a child care facility or somebody on site who watches the children while you do this. Cause it's, you know, I feel like, and I'm not, because I don't have children of my own, I can only speak sort of from the outside looking in, unfortunately. But I would say that, you know, you bring a mom in to do something, even for an hour, and her mind is not going to be 100% on you. Her mind is going to be maybe 80% on you or maybe even 70% on you. And then the other 30% is thinking, is the kid okay? Should I call and check in? What if they're calling me right now? Maybe I should check my phone. So I feel like having a facility on site with it as a daycare would potentially help to ease some of that stress. Like, hey, you know, your child is here, they're on site, maybe in a glass area, you can see what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, but just keeping them close by so that you you kind of get and command their attention. Because I feel like, you know, moms, we, they, you don't unplug, you know, just because yeah. you come in to hang out and, and try to figure out who you are, your mind is still thinking it's crazy because it's like, you're trying to find who you are, but you're still not thinking about yourself. You're thinking about yeah. your child. Um, I so agree. I think that would probably be a good little, you know, additional resource to have too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And I think um, on top of that, maybe uh, some type of subscription program where I send a box, you know, to their house or whatever, and then they just oh, yeah. pull out some activity that they can do for five or 10 minutes, especially if they have infants at home, that would allow them to just relieve themselves from that responsibility, almost like a mini, a play vacation. A play That's vacation. really cool. That's a good idea. So. Actually, you could have different boxes. Like if you know somebody is, you know, someone who enjoys cooking, that's something that, you know, they love to do. No, that's, that's probably not a good idea because they cook for their kid. Somebody who enjoys, you know, hiking or something like that. You don't really get to hike a lot when you're a parent, but like, yeah. you know, someone who enjoys hiking. So maybe you have like wilderness theme boxes or like, you know, just different themed boxes that you can send. And it's like, I've seen these boxes on Facebook where it's like date night in a box and you get it and it's, you don't know what it is or what's coming, but they send you a box. And when you open it, that's what the date is that you're having with your significant other. And it might be like a murder mystery or like just a, 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 a chef cook together type thing. But it, I think that would be a really, really awesome idea. I, I really yeah. do. And it takes some of the burden away from, you know, maybe the moms who can't get to you on a regular basis and are maybe like, uh, you know, I went once or twice and I'd really like to go back, but I can't because I don't have time or I don't have this, that, or third. Well, never fear. 
you got a box coming to your house so that you're still continuing to do your play and to to keep keep hold of yourself, you know, even while you're home. That is that's brilliant. That's absolutely yeah. brilliant. I like yeah. that idea. So I, I, you know, so like I said, it's still fluid and we're trying to figure out exactly, you know, what are those theme boxes and how do I help people uh, really figure out what they enjoy doing and then send them a theme box that, you know, that is appropriate for them. Uh, the other thing too is it's got to be something continuous to kind of pull them out of that feeling of being overwhelmed. I think our expectations of what motherhood is and what it should be like are not really reality. We've got to know that, yes, there are some wonderful, fulfilling times that your kid will do or or whatever that brings you up. Yeah. But then, you know, every day that's not going to happen. So people, I think, need to know that and they need to manage that expectation. In addition to that, I think that people should do some type of play every day because it takes months. I would say at least three months for them to really to get into a groove, to change their mindset and to figure out what they really enjoy doing. So it's got to be something that we can bring to them on a daily basis or they can pull from us on a daily basis that keeps them in a playful mind state. So do you envision, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're going to have social media for the business um, or for, for what you're doing, but do you envision there being like a website with an archive, you know, of activities that maybe people can visit? You know, like you said, it's going to be, I was just about to ask you, you know, how long of a service do you think folks need to sort of sign on for or, you know, opt to be in to make sure that they set this as a habit and they get into a routine? But do you foresee there being like a website where people visit an archive and say like, you know, outdoors activities, you know, for people who love outdoors, you know, like and having stuff like that? Or is it mostly um, kind of like the one-on-one -on -one sessions and stuff for a studio space? I think, um, I think a combination of all of those is going to be ideal. Um, however, since I am a one woman show at the moment, you know, you got to kind of take it slow and figure out what works best. Um, so I, I love the idea of the website and just archiving different activities and uh, theme boxes that people can pull from at any time. Um, I love the subscription idea, which, you know, some someone else helped me come up with. Um, and so, yes, a website that they can contact me, um, ask me for coaching or, you know, ideas to help them get to where they want to be. Uh, so all of that, I think, is part of the plan. And I think, too, something else to add into the into your arsenal, if you will, on your social media page, you know, have it be primarily video content and have it be video content of play, you know, like, hey. Monday's play is, you know, I, I'm hiking. For some reason, I'm on this hiking trip right now, so hiking. So, like, Monday's play is go outside and explore a part of your backyard or a part of your woods, you know, in the back of your area that you've never seen before. You know, just take 10 minutes and go go find a spot in the neighborhood that you've never been to before and explore. You know, yeah. stuff like that. You know, I think that I could see that page getting a lot of followers, a lot of engagement, and a lot of traction 
just based on having daily content like that that's geared towards different types of play for people so that when they're like oh i didn't get a box i don't have a box right now i don't have time for a session you know but i can check their social media and see what the play is for the day and i can still get my five to ten minutes in you know and and continue my my uh, progression i think that would be a really good thing to to keep in the back of your mind too yeah, absolutely. I, I like that idea. In fact, they could take the kid with them if they had to, you know, no babysitter or whatever. Yeah. Or, you know, if the baby's sleeping, they can go right outside their backyard and yeah. just take a look around. So the, that's, yeah. thank absolutely. you. Good ideas. There's a lot, of, a lot of good ideas that are like popping into my head now, just, you know, based on all that kind of stuff. And I, I see this you know, long or big picture wise, I see this as something where it's not just mothers who are going to tune into your page and be looking at what you're doing. It's going to be anybody who's busy and trying to find themselves. You know, you're going to find those executives who don't have children, but have really demanding jobs. And they're like, you know, I've kind of lost myself in work. When I come home from work, I just go to sleep. You know, you're going to find those people are subscribing to your content and can't get enough of your content as well. So this is definitely something that can has the potential to grow huge, you know, and to really be helpful and beneficial to people, which I think is the most beautiful part of it is it's a beautiful thing, helping somebody remember who they are and discover yeah. who they are again. You know, yeah. I like that idea. So when are we looking to launch? Like, do you have a projected launch date yet? I would like to launch. I have, um, if you, I think I sent you a website. Yes, um, did. Yeah. Uh, I have a, a uh, question out. It's called a. It's called a. Uh, good lord. <laughs> it's like a survey. It looks like. <laughs> it's called the ask campaign, and what I'm asking people is what I'm showing them is that there is a. I'm planning to do a workshop, okay. and so I ask mothers, um, what is the one question or the one frustration, the one challenge that you have right now that you would like, you know, an answer to. And they fill out this form, they get into the workshop for free um, mm -hmm. on January the 5th. So okay. January the 5th is a free workshop. I'm going to be working with women who, um, who have big, challenging, frustration questions. And then we're just going to go through that probably be about two hour a two hour workshop and we'll just go through that using the framework that I have. Uh, so that would be my my pilot. And then after that, I could see that I could launch in in March. And so for that workshop, is that something you think you'll live stream where people can actually get access to it? Or is it something that's going to be sort of a private thing for only the folks that have um, reached out for advice or are looking for counseling on the on the topic? Yeah, I think it'll just be for those who answer the question. Um, so it won't be live stream, but it will be live um, with those folks who responded to the uh, to the question. OK, that sounds good. And so we're looking at a March launch. OK. Yeah, that is exciting. Yeah. And so we're, we're rounding out the show here. And I want to find out, is there anything that you need from the community? Like what kind of resources are you in need of right now to help you get get your feet underneath of you and get everything launched and ready to go in March? Yeah, I think uh, just answering that question, I think, is a good start. Anybody who goes to that website logs um, and logs their question they are going to be a part of this um, pilot program where I do this workshop and then in January, 
and then launch in March. So I'm trying to really understand, you know, the the women and what their problems are. I know my problem was overwhelmed. Some women might have a problem with, you know, getting lost in, you know, the motherhood game. Some women may have other challenges that they're facing. So I'd like to know what those are so that I can be in a position to address them. Sure. And is this, a, I mean, this is probably going to be a digital or a Zoom sort of workshop. So that means it's open to anybody anywhere around the country for the time being, right? That's right. Okay. Because I'll share this with all of my my mom friends and tell them to fill that form out and, and just give you some some advice. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and so is there anything else that you want to share with the audience before we wrap anything that you want to talk about, whether it's, you know, other things coming up on the horizon or any other endeavors that you may have going on in the background? Yeah, I tell you what, um, I think uh, I think I'm uh, this project that I'm working on, I think it's going to be big. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited to help other women and um, just get it going. OK. Absolutely. And so if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Do you want uh, an email or would you rather them fill out the form or where can they get you? Um, I think uh, an email would be good or they can fill out the form. Um, yes. Perfect. Teresa at TeresaMiddleton.com. Is there also a website that people can visit to get more information? Absolutely. I created a website for mothers to um share with me their most challenging and frustrating question with motherhood. And they can go to that website. It's www.play4, the number four, connection.com forward slash free dash live dash workshop. And after they share with me their most challenging or frustrated question with motherhood, uh, they can basically enter the web, the workshop for free and I'll share that information with them how to do that. Okay, great. That sounds good. All right. I am going to put this out to my team. I'm taking notes. If you see me looking down, that's why I'm writing notes. <laughs> okay. Taking notes the whole time. Um, but okay, that sounds great. So I'll make sure that I share that with all of my content or all my followers and stuff like that. And to all my friends who are moms who may have some questions that they want to have answered, I will definitely send them your way. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, thank you so much for being with me today and sharing this opportunity. I'm super excited for you. And I cannot wait to see what happens at your workshop and what happens in March. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jamie. I appreciate you having me today. Of course. And folks, I'll be back again with another brand new episode. So make sure you keep it locked. Remember, there are big changes coming on the uh, birthday of WJMS Radio on December 12th. So make sure you stay tuned and you keep it locked to our social media and to our website so you can be the first to know what's happening. It's all good stuff. Nothing but positive progression. You know, we are, but we're going to be shaking things up in 2022. So definitely be on the lookout. I want to thank everybody who tuned in today, who listened to the show, to those folks who connected with us and who are going to uh, connect with Teresa, fill out her form and all that good stuff. Appreciate you. And we definitely uh, are thankful that you're taking the time out of your day to, you know, support and to give her, you know, what she needs to get her everything just launched and ready to go. Um, I want to thank the folks behind the scenes that help make sound off and WJMS possible. Thank you guys so much for all the work that you do. And I will see you guys next time right here on WJMS radio. <laughs>
WJMS Radio. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Far too kind. See, we keep it real. We always gonna keep it real. You can't knock what's real, you know what I'm saying? We telling the truth, man.